Jai Jai Sitchitanya Jai Anichananda Jai Daita Chandradaya Gora Bhakta Vinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Aham, Krishna. Just uh, one moment, please. Uh, what happened now? Gosh. Uh oh, I'm trying to open something. Okay. Um, so today. I wanted to continue with the uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita and read from the uh, Madhi Lila chapter 12. We also did that yesterday. Yesterday, we're discussing uh, the first part of Madhi Lila chapter 12, which deals with uh, Maharaj Prataparuda. And then the, um, the second, um, the second part describes the cleansing of the Kundicha temple. Mm -hmm. And, um, okay, that's 73. Now, the first verse of the chapter is actually dealing with it. Um, and as we know, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami in the in the first verse of a chapter generally gives like in one verse a, a little summary of what the chapter is about. Um, oftentimes he does that in the form of, of metaphors, but not always. And uh, and sometimes he also uh, writes uh, in a more direct way. But the first verse here is, is important to understanding the whole Kundicha Marjana pastime. So let us read the first verse. Shri Kundicha Mandiram Atma Vrindai Samarjayan Ksalanataha Sagoraha Svachittavas Chittalam Muchvalam Cha Krishno Paveso Paikam Chakra Translation Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu washed and cleansed the Kundicha temple with his devotees and associates. In this way, he made it as cool and bright as his own heart, and thus he made the temple a befitting place for Lord Sri Krishna to sit. Mm. So that's interesting. Um, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur has given uh, a commentary in this chapter on uh, and and he in that he gives a purport to this uh, to to the pastime and in the purport 
he is comparing the entire process of cleansing the temple to the process of cleansing the heart. So we can see that the, uh, the inspiration for doing that is coming from that first verse. And basically the first verse is, uh, is speaking about that, that the cleansing of the temple is, is, is about making the temple as cool and bright as his own heart. So then Srila Bhaktisiddhanta said, yes, so the cleansing of the temple is actually the process of cleansing the heart. And then he got into that. Um, let us carry on a little bit more and go towards the, uh, the uh, beginning of the pastime, which is at text 73. So let's just go there. So Sichitani Mahaprabhu first of all called Kasi Misra, then for the superintendent of the temple, and then for Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya. When these three people came before the Lord, he begged them for permission to wash the temple known as Kundicha. Uh, the Kundicha temple purport is situated two miles northeast of the Jagannath temple. At the end of the Ratiyatra festival, Lord Jagannath goes to the Kundicha temple from his original temple and stays there for one week. After one week, he returns to visit his original temple. It is understood by hearsay that the wife of Indrajumna, the king who established the Jagannath temple, was known as Gundicha. This is also mentioned, there's also mention of the name of the Gundicha temple in authoritative scripture. The area of the Gundicha temple is established, uh, is estimated to be 288 cubits by 215 cubits. A cubit is about a foot and a half. The main temple inside is about 36 cubits by 30 cubits, and the Kirtan Hall is 32 cubits by 30 cubits. Okay, it's an idea. It's a temple, a sizable temple. Um, upon hearing the, the Lord's request for permission to wash the Kundicha temple, the Padicha, the superintendent of the temple, said, My dear server, all your servant, whatever you desire, is our duty to perform. The king gave a special order for me to do without delay whatever your lordship orders. So again, this Maharaj Pratipuruddha was such a devotee um, that the whole kingdom was uh, was behind uh, behind Siti Tanya Mahaprabhu. And as, as we remember from previous talks, uh, Maharaj Pratipuruddha as a Gaudiya Vaishnava had also put Gaudiya Vaishnava Tilak on the dome of the Jagannath temple. My dear Lord, washing the temple is not service befitting you. Nonetheless, if you wish to do so, it is to be accepted as one of your pastimes. To wash the temple, you need many water pots and brooms. Therefore, order me. I can immediately bring all these things to you. As soon as the superintendent understood the desire of the Lord, he immediately delivered a hundred new water pots and a hundred brooms for sweeping the temple. The next day, early in the morning, the Lord took his personal associates with him and with his own hands smeared sandalwood pulp on their bodies. 
He then gave each devotee a broom with his own hand and taking all of them personally with him, the Lord went to Gundicha. Hmm. Interesting how he is first smearing sandalwood pulp on their bodies. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say exactly what he means by doing so. Um, but sandalwood, putting sandalwood is, can be seen as a, as a means of, uh, of worship. So in, in, although the Lord engaged them in this uh, activity, this apparently lowly activity of sweeping, he was at the same time worshiping them as, as most exalted to point out. So it seems to indicate that the, that the cleansing of the temple is, is not an activity for low-class men, but is the activity uh, for, for the most exalted. Mm. Yeah, we of course are Singara Tan Mandira Marjanajo. We've also seen the spiritual masters always taking great pleasure in arrangements that are made to cleanse the temple. He then gave each devotee a broom with his own hand and Taking all of them personally with him, the Lord went to Gundicha. In this way, the Lord and his associates went to cleanse the Gundicha temple. At first, they cleansed the temple with the brooms. The Lord cleansed everything inside the temple very nicely, including the ceiling. He then took up the sitting place. Simasana cleansed it and again put it in his original place. Thus, the Lord and his companions cleansed and swept all the temples, buildings, Big and small, finally cleansed the area between the temple and the Kirtan Hall. Indeed, hundreds of devotees were engaged in cleansing all around the temple, and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was personally carrying out the operation just to instruct others. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was then cleansed the temple in great jubilation, chanting the holy name of Lord Krishna all the time. Similarly, all the devotees were also chanting and at the same time performing their respective duties. Mm. So if we do a Gundicha Marjana, then we should not forget that we chant all the time. In this way, the, the chanting, the, uh, the, the cleansing is, is happening even on another level, uh, on the level of um, purifying the entire atmosphere by the um, by the chanting of the holy name. And of course, um, so many more dimensions to the chanting and, and to that verse also. When I'm volunteering a few explanations of the verses, they, they are valid explanations, but then it can also uh, be expanded upon, obviously. And because uh, the meaning of the verses are not limited, they, uh, just as it is stated that um, there is no limit to the, the meaning of the verses of Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, 
Uh, that will come up later when we are discussing the Atmaram verse. And it's very... Uh, so there's, there's no meaning to each verse of the Chaitanya Charitamrita as well. And Krishna's Kaviraj is quite careful to say that he doesn't understand uh, the purpose of the Supreme Lord. So uh, even if he understands a little, it, uh, it may only be the tip of the iceberg. There may be so much more. The entire beautiful body of the Lord was covered with dust and dirt. In his way, it became transcendently beautiful. At times, when cleansing the temple, the Lord shed tears in some place, even cleansed with those tears. After this, the place where the deity's food was kept, Bhogamandir was cleansed, then the yard was cleansed, and then all the residential quarters, one after another. After Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, collected all the straw, dust, and grains of sand in one place. He gathered it all in his claws and threw it outside. Following the example of all the devotees, of, of Chi Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, all the devotees in great jubilation began to gather straws and dust with their own claws and throw them outside of the temple. The Lord then told the devotees, I can tell how much you have labored and, and how well you have cleansed the temple, simply by seeing all the straw and dust you have collected outside. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so... Uh, from this we can also see that uh, one can tell, uh, one can tell... Um, something about the state of the heart of, of a Vaishnava is his advancement by, by, the, by the activities he performs. Um, so the results of one's service tell something about a person. And if we see, if we see that some Vaishnava is doing a lot of service or has, a, has done a lot of service, uh, we, should, uh, we should credit that Vaishnava. Um, we should credit him for, for his Krishna consciousness. And whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's nothing else, that there's no other uh, dirt remaining in the heart, but um, when we see that a Vaishnava has collected um, so much dirt uh, or has done so much service in the Sankirtan movement, then we can appreciate that um, that Vaishnava has deep sincerity and, and dedication. Even though all the devotees collected dirt in one pile, the dirt collected by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was much greater. After the inside of the temple was cleansed, the Lord again allotted areas for the devotees to cleanse. The Lord then ordered everyone to cleanse the inside of the temple very perfectly by taking finer dust, straws and grains of sand and throwing them outside. After Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and all the Vaishnavas cleansed the temple for the second time, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very happy to see the cleansing work. While the temple was being swept, about a hundred men stood ready with filled water pots 
and then simply awaited the Lord's order to throw water from there. As soon as Sijie Tiny Mahaprabhu called for water, all the men immediately brought the hundred water pots which were completely filled and delivered them before the Lord. In this way, Sijie Tiny Mahaprabhu first washed the main temple and then thoroughly washed the ceiling, the walls, the floor, the sitting place, Simazan, and everything else within the room. Shichitani Mahaprabhu himself and his devotees began to throw water onto the ceiling. When this water fell, it washed the walls and floor. Then Shichitani Mahaprabhu began to wash the sitting place of Lord Jagannath with his own hands, and all the devotees began to bring water to the Lord. All the devotees within the temple began to wash. Each one had a broom in his hand, and in this way they cleansed the temple of the Lord. Someone brought water to pour into, his, into the hands of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and someone poured water on his lotus feet. The water that fell from the lotus feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was drunk by someone who hid himself. Someone else begged for that water, and another person was given that water in charity. After the room was washed, the water was let out through an outlet, and it then flowed and then filled the yard outside. The Lord mopped the room with his own clothes, and he polished the throne with them also. In this way, all the rooms were cleansed with a hundred water pots. After the room had been cleansed, the minds of the devotees were as clean as the rooms. When the temple was cleansed, it was purified, cool and pleasing, just as if the Lord's own pure mind had appeared. Since hundreds of men were engaged in bringing water from the lake, there was no place to stand on the banks. Consequently, someone began to draw water from a well. Um, the lake is the in the Jumna Saravar, which is just very is just right next to the temple. Hmm. Hundreds of devotees brought water in the pots, and hundreds took the empty pots away to fill them up again. With the exception of Nichananda Prabhu. Advaita Charya, Surup Damodar, Brahmananda, Bharati and Paramananda Puri, everyone was engaged in filling the water pots and bringing them there. Many of the water pots were broken when people collided with one another and hundreds of men had to bring new water pots to fill. Some people were filling the pots and others were washing the rooms, but everyone was engaged in chanting the holy name of Krishna and Hari. One person begged for a water pot by chanting the holy names, Krishna, Krishna, and another delivered a pot while chanting Krishna, Krishna. Whenever anyone had to speak, he did so by uttering the holy name of Krishna. Consequently, the holy name of Krishna became an indication for everyone who wanted something. As Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was vibrating the holy name of Krishna in ecstatic love, he himself was performing the work of hundreds of men. It appeared as though Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu were cleansing and washing with a hundred hands. He approached every devotee just to teach him how to work. When he saw someone doing nicely, the Lord praised him. But if he saw that someone was not working to his satisfaction, he immediately chastised that person, not bearing him any grudge. The Lord would say, you've done well. Please just teach this to others so that they may act in the same way. As soon as they heard, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said this, everyone became ashamed. Thus the devotees began to work with great attention. They washed the Jagmohan area and then the place where the food was kept. All other places were also washed. In this way, 
The meeting place was washed, the entire yard, the raised sitting place, the kitchen, and every other room. Thus all places around the temple were thoroughly washed within and without. After everything was thoroughly washed, a Vaishnava from Bengal, who was very intelligent and simple, came and poured water onto the lotus feet of the Lord. The Gaudiya Vaishnava then took that water and drank it himself. Seeing that, Siti Tanya Mahaprabhu felt a little unhappy and was also outwardly angry. Although the Lord was certainly satisfied with him, he became angry externally in order to establish the etiquette of religious principles. Um, again, we see how the Lord is, is, uh, is acting in two ways. Um, there's the internal uh, reciprocation. Obviously, that Vaishnava was recognizing the Supreme Lord as uh, the, a great transcendental personality, at least, and was pouring water on his lotus feet um, and, and probably understanding that he was the Supreme Lord. So, therefore, his action from a spiritual point of view was appropriate. And uh, that insight of that Vaishnava um, to understand that the opportunity for mercy was there was also appreciated. Um, eagerness for mercy is, is a good quality. Hmm. Hmm. Although the Lord was certainly satisfied with him, he became angry externally in order to establish the etiquette of religious principles. The Lord then called for Sarup Dhamara and told him, just see the behavior of your Bengali Vaishnava. This person from Bengal has washed my feet within the temple of the personality of Godhead. Not only that, but he has drunk the water himself. I do not know what my destination is because of these events. Indeed, your Bengali Vaishnava has greatly implicated me. Mm. At this point, Srupa Damodar Goswami caught the Gaudiya Vaishnava by the neck and giving him a little push, ejected him from the Kundichapuri temple and made him stay outside. After Srubdhamada Goswami returned within the temple, he requested Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to excuse that innocent person. After this incident, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very satisfied. He then asked all of the devotees to sit down in two lines on both sides. The Lord then personally sat down in the middle and picked up all kinds of straws, grains and sand and dirty things. While Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was picking up the straws and grains of sand, he said, I shall gather everyone's collection and I shall ask, whoever has collected less than all the others to pay a fine of sweet cakes and sweet rice. In this way, all the quarters of the Kundicha temple were completely cleansed and cleared. All quarters were cool and spotless, like one's cleansed and pacified mind. When the water from the different rooms was finally let out through the halls, it appears as if new rivers were rushing out to meet the waters of the ocean. Outside the gateway of the temple, all the roads were also cleansed, and no one could tell exactly how this was done. And that's, we've come now to text 135, and then here is the purport of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. In commenting on the glancing of the Gundicha temple, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur says that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as the world teacher, uh, was personally giving instructions 
on how one should receive Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, within one's cleansed and pacified heart. Hmm. If one wants to see Krishna seated in his heart, he must first cleanse the heart. So, uh, as prescribed by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in his successor, Sri Todarapanam Marjanam, CC Antya 2012. In this age, everyone's heart is specifically, is especially unclean, as confirmed in Srimad Bhagavatam. To wash away all dirty things accumulated within the heart. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu advised everyone uh, to chant the Hare Krishna mantra. The first result will be that the heart is cleansed. Chaito Darpana Marjanam. CC Antya 2012. Similarly, Srimad Bhagavatam 1.2.17 confirms this statement. Srimadha Svakata Krishna Punya Sravana Kirtana. Sri Krishna, the personality of Godhead, who is the Paramatma Super Soul in everyone's heart, and the benefactor of the truthful devotee, cleanses desire for material enjoyment from the heart of the devotee, who relishes his messages, which are in themselves virtuous when properly heard and chanted. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> there is more, and uh, we will uh, discuss uh, the purport. Um, and uh, <coughs> what is <coughs> so there is this uh, um, the cleansing of the heart. And there are um, two books that uh, are relevant, immediately relevant to this. And one is the uh, uh, Madhurya Kadambini from Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, which gets into uh, details of, uh, of impurities that one um, encounters. And then he goes into the uh, not only like in the impurities of um, giving up sinful activity, but he gets into um, the subtle, the subtle impurities that remain with us in the process of bhakti, um, which are representing these two type times of cleansing. Uh, the first time, the gross cleansing, just stopping all the gross uh, uh, inappropriate activities. And then the second time cleansing, uh, cleansing the heart of, uh, of all the contamination that remains. Um, so I'll just go first a little bit to... Uh, okay. Um, to some to the other books and then I'll return to this uh, this purport. So the uh, the second book, or maybe the book that I'll read first, is the book of Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur, the uh, Bhajan Rahasya. And there in the second chapter we find uh, a uh, a description of the uh, various contaminations within the heart. So, um, let me go there. 
So in the second chapter, text seven. Anartas, or misfortune, are of four kinds. This is described in the Amnaya Sutra. Maya Mugdusya Jivasya Gyeyu Nartas Chatur Vida Riddurbalyam Chapparadu Satrisna and Tattva Vibramaha. So here we have uh, the verse that establishes Ridarya Dolbalyam Aparat Satrisna and Tattva Vibramaha. Then the Anartas of the living entities enchanted by Maya are of four kinds. One, uh, illusion about one's real identity. Swarup Brahma or Tattva Brahma. Two, hankering for that which is temporary, Asat Trisna. Three, offenses, Aparat. And four, weakness of the heart, Ridarya Durbalya. They bind the living entity to the material world and entangle him in its miseries. Right. So that is is uh, is very important. Um, um, so these four things: illusions about our real identity, hankering for what is temporary, offenses, and weakness of heart. And now in the rest of the chapter, he it will, uh, or the rest in this purport, he will. Uh, explain this more. So the living entities seized by Maya and derailed from pure Dharma wonder in this material existence, falsely thinking they are its enjoyers. Four anartas are noticed in these living entities, Swarup Brahman Asatrisna, Aparat and Ridaya Durbali. The word anarta means to collect that which has no purpose. The Jiva's only goal in service to Krishna but in this material existence, he's engaged in Maya servants. Hence, this is an anartha. Uh, Swarup Brahma. Uh, Swarup Brahma. So that's the first one now. The pure living entity is a tiny transcendental particle, Chit Anu, and the eternal servant of Krishna. Just as the conditioned living entity experiences form, taste, smell, touch, and so on through his material senses, the pure living entity experiences transcendental form, taste, and so forth through its transcendental senses, forgetting that I'm an infinitesimal park, particle of spiritual consciousness. In Krishna's service, the jiva becomes conditioned and wonders about in, in this material existence. The primary anarta of the living entity is his failure to realize his true sarup. Oh, so Krishna and Nietzsche does to understand Jivira Swarup Hoy Krishna Nietzsche does. The eternal position of the living being is that he's the eternal servant of Krishna. So that is uh, that is the beginning. And to uh, and therefore to at every step, at every step, always serve Krishna. And at every step, uh, no matter what we do. Every step must be connected with devotional service. And in this way, 
whether it is direct devotional service to Krishna or whether we are working with the material energy and seemingly uh, the activity itself apparently has no connection with Krishna. When we take the results of these activities, we offer them to Krishna. Mm -hmm. So either direct activities, for example, uh, puja or uh, chanting the holy name or kirtan uh, or cleansing the temple of the Lord. These are all direct activities. But going out, working in some ordinary mundane job, right, um, may apparently have nothing to do with Krishna. Um, but if we are taking the fruits of that labor, connecting with Krishna, also it becomes transcendental. In this way, we connect every step, every step with Krishna in devotional service. So we have discussed Swarup Brahma, the, the false identification with the material body, instead of understanding our position as eternal servant of Krishna. Asa Trishna. Uh, Asa Trishna is the, to consider the material body to be me, to consider perishable objects in relation to the body to be mine and to desire happiness from perishable objects is called asatrisna. So it's got to do with I and mine, uh, ahammameti, that bodily concept of life, and then the desire to enjoy things in the physical domain. Because after all, we relate to this material world only through our bodies. Uh, we're perceiving in the material world, we relate to the phenomenal world through our senses. And then we try, and through the senses, try to enjoy these material things. So desiring to enjoy these things, that is all called asatrisna. So aparads, uh, Aparat, and that's very interesting what we are reading about Aparat. Uh, apagata Rado Yasmat Iti Aparada. Rada means affection, pretty. Mm, pretty. So that action which causes affection to vanish is called Aparad, uh, offense. Yeah, so many times we like to see this word. Aparada, you see Radha in the in the name. Uh, so one might just wonder, and we see that Radha, yes, is is referring to the quality of pretty affection, love. Um, but it said so that action, it is not, it is Aparada. It is it is opposite of of Radha, and therefore that action which causes affection to vanish is called apparat, offense. So, that is very significant. Apparat at the lotus feet of Bhagavan, and at the lotus feet of his devotee, decreases priti. One should avoid the ten nam apparats and the thirty-two seva apparats and all the dham apparats. 
is covered completely. And this preeti, there's this love for Krishna, uh, for his devotees, for the Dham, all this will just become covered. Uh, it is saying, Nama Parad is the love for the holy name. It will all become, the preeti will diminish by, by offenses. The, the actual the actual love that we experience in these things. And that is what, of course, drives spiritual life. Without love, where is spiritual life? Without love, spiritual life becomes a burden. Uh, this morning, uh, we were discussing uh, with Bhakti Chaitanya Maharaj, and, um, and uh, Maharaj was... was uh, commenting on, on my class that I gave in the morning, <coughs> where I explained that there is, uh, that what we see of, of the mercy of the Lord is only the tip of the iceberg, that there is so much more, but just the tip of the iceberg itself is already like so full of ecstasy, and that we can go deeper and deeper and find so many more. Then Maharaj, and, and I gave many examples, I said, if we, we can all assemble with all the exalted disciples of Srila Prabhupada and discuss the glories of Srila Prabhupada, but Vaishnavira Kriya Vigyana Bujaya, that we cannot understand the glories of the, uh, of the Vaishnavas that are superior to us. We cannot understand the greatness of their nature. <coughs> so uh, we cannot understand the glories of the of the nature of the Vaishnavas that are superior to us. In the same way, we cannot understand the the mercy of the Lord, which is unlimited and so much greater than the little bit the little tip of the iceberg that we are perceiving. Then, uh, Dr. Chaitanya March, in the comment to the lecture, added a story, and it was a nice story, from the uh, from uh, Baladevi Jabusan. It said, when Baladevi Jabusan, he was asked to write, by the Vaishnavas, to write a commentary on the, uh, uh, on the Bhagavad Gita. But, he was at the time residing at Radhakund, and he was, and he responded. He said, "Well, I could write such a commentary, but then again, we're at Radhakund right now, and I would like to to just have a, a different meditation than than uh, Bhagavad Gita." But the Vaishnavas were very insistent. So then, he said that uh, upon the desire of the Vaishnavas. He did it, and he embarked on writing the commentary. And as he embarked, he went like a boat onto the ocean of the Bhagavad Gita. And as he was uh, riding on the waves of the Gita, his boat, his boat just become, became overwhelmed by the waves, and then his boat just went deep into the waters of the ocean of the Gita. And there he found 
many amazing jewels. Um, so this is from the commentary of uh, of Shila Bhakti uh, Shila on Bhagavad Gita, and then at the end he is uh, is explaining. Uh, is, is this is his closing comment? So it's very interesting. Uh, and then I was remembering, then I was remembering uh, uh, how Srila Prabhupada had named the deities in Delhi Radha Parthasarati. And uh, that in 1975, according to Harisori's diary, a whole discussion came up from, uh, but how could he call the deities Radha Parthasarati? Because Parthasarati is Krishna who's acting as the chariot driver of Arjuna and Kuruksetra and, and Radharani's Rindavan. I mean, isn't that Rasabhas? Uh, that seems to be incorrect. But Prabhupada, uh, when, when he was asked why he had named the deities Radhaparthasarati, Prabhupada, the deities in Delhi, Prabhupada explained that actually, Actually, although Parthasarthi is Krishna as the chariot driver of Arjuna, that even even there, even there in Kuruksetra, Krishna was always thinking of Simata Radharani, because Krishna, wherever he is under any circumstances, is always thinking of Simata Radharani. Therefore, even when driving the chariot of, of Arjuna and being Parthasarthi, um, Radharani was still there with Krishna in, because he was always remembering her. Therefore, Radha Parthasarthi. And I look at that and say, oh, Prabhupada went so deep, so deep into this ocean of the Bhagavad Gita and he collected so many such a deep insight for that and on my iPad hmm. okay so uh, in this way uh, we have now discussed the Swarup Brahma the uh, the false identification um, not forgetting that we are the uh, forgetting that we are the eternal servant of Krishna, then the asatrisna, the, the hankering for temporary enjoyment, uh, the I, the uh, the ahammameti, the the bodily concept of life and trying to enjoy it through the uh, these these temporary phenomena through the senses, aparat, uh, and how it covers the love. So then when I was, then after this nice discussion with Bhakti Chaitanya Maharaj about Baladev going deep into the Bhagavad Gita and the jewels and that he found there and about Prabhupada going so deep in his understanding of Parthasarati, um, then uh, Srup Damodar, another senior devotee in Durban mentioned that, um, yes, um, there are so many, so many hidden realizations also 
in 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 the Vaishnava, um, and and also in the same way Bhakti Chaitanya Maharaj is revealing, uh, you know, also these things in Maharaj is like humble. Sarup said, "Yes, Bhakti Chaitanya Maharaj is also revealing so much love, right? Actually, although." Externally, it may not always show, but if it goes deeper, he shows so much taste and so much love. And Maharaj was humble about it. And then I was thinking and, and said that, yes, um, yes, this is true. Um, the, the nature of this mercy, as we are digging deeper, is such that it naturally awakens love. One cannot, one cannot help to love. Uh, in this, this, this regards, Krishna is described um, as Bhagavan, and then we get the uh, definition given by uh, by uh, Jiva Goswami in his Bhagavad Gita commentary, where he says, "Bhajaniya Gunavisista." that Krishna is Bhagavan, he's Bhajaniya Gunavasista, taking the three syllables of the word Bhagavan, which means he is so attractive that we cannot, we cannot help, he's irresistible. Krishna is, has irresistible qualities. Uh, we have to worship him, Bhajaniya Gunavasista, and Bhajan means not just Worship, it means love, right? Bhajdhatu includes love, worship, and service. So, Bhajaniya Gunavasista. We have to, to love Krishna, as we're finding out. So this is, is amazing. But, Aparat is, is covering that Rad. It drives away that Radha, that Priti, uh, that Priti. Mm, that love. So we discuss Sarup Brahma, false identification, Asatris, the thirst for the temporary, Aparat, offenses, but you know, Thakur mentioned the three, um, Nam Aparat, Seva Aparat, and Dham Aparat. And then, uh, the last one, Ridaya Dorbalyam. Ridaya Dorbalya, when the heart experiences illusion and distress upon the attainment or loss of that which is perishable, it is called Ridaya Durbalya, weakness of... Uh, naturally, in, in the living entity, due to ignorance, and it vanquishes by the cultivation of Krishna consciousness in the association of pure devotees. Mm. Yeah. <coughs> I have to get some water. Mm. Have some mucus in the throat. Mm -hmm. <coughs> One minute. <coughs> <coughs> So although I didn't go back yet to the purport of the uh, 
Chaitanya Charitamrita. Um, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta's purport is absolutely amazing and wonderful. Mm. And I didn't read it in total, not because of uh, that I didn't think it was worthy or wonderful. I was just looking at the time, and uh, so, uh, but I would recommend that you do read it in total and seriously uh, look at it. Um, it is CC Madhya Leela, uh, text 135. Madhya Leela 12, text 135. But I'm going back to uh, <clears throat> the Bhajan Rahasya from uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur because he really gets into it. Uh, and it is very interesting. Because what he, now he has given us the four types, right? And I'll just remind you one more time. He's given us Sarup Brahma. He has given us Asatrista. He's given us Aparat. And he has given us Ridarya Dolbalyam. Sarup Brahma, the forgetting our eternal identity as the eternal servant of Krishna, Asatrista, hankering to enjoy temporary phenomena. Uh, then we had Aparat, offenses, either against the name, the Vaishnavas, or the Holy Dham. And then we get the Ridaya Dorbal Yam, the weakness of, of the heart. Hmm. And then, in the next text of the Bhajan Raja, text 8, well, he begins to explain this further. So, and he says, uh, the conditioned living entity is subject to four kinds of Brahma, or of, so it is not Brahma, it is B-H, Rama, Brahma, a little difficult to pronounce. Uh, so he says there are four kinds, one, Jiva Swarup, Brahma, two, Paratattva Brahma, three, Sadhya Sadhana Tattva Brahma, and four, Bhajan Virodi, Visaya Brahma. Now, he begins to explain it in the commentary. Jiva Swarup Brahma. The, the Jiva cannot realize his own transcendental form due to ignorance of it. He has forgotten his real Swarup, that he's the servant of Krishna because he thinks himself to be the enjoyer. Paratattva Brahma. Who is Paratattva, the absolute truth? Not knowing this, the living entity becomes illusioned. Huh? Sometimes he worships Shiva, sometimes Brahma, and sometimes another demigod or goddess. The inability to correctly ascertain the absolute truth is called Paratattva Brahma. So now the reason why the Jiva cannot actually realize that Krishna is the Supreme Lord. Uh, one, he, he's forgotten that he's the servant of Krishna because he thinks he's the real enjoyer. Or the other one, Paratattva Brahma, is he cannot actually understand the tattva of Krishna. Is Krishna, who is the Supreme Lord? Huh? And he doesn't, or Sadhya Sadhana Birama. According to the scripture, Krishna Prem is the only goal, Sadhya, and Bhakti the only, only practice, Sadhana. The conditioned living entity, however, is unable to decide which is, is his goal among sense enjoyment, liberation, and Krishna Prem, which is the practice among karma, jnana, and bhakti. 
this sadhya sadhana birama illusion about the goal and the process to attain it, if one cannot ascertain the goal. Uh, so this is relating to the, the Bhagavad Gita. That one should become one-pointed. Uh, one-pointed. One goal in life, Krishna. One goal, just Krishna. Uh, somehow or other, let us, uh, let us connect with Krishna. At least Krishna Sambanda. Somehow or other, Abhideya. Let us uh, <clears throat> undergo a process by which we are, uh, by which we come closer to Krishna and, and more connected with Krishna and more engaged in his service and more purified by that connection. And, and then finally, uh, Prayojana. Uh, and let us, then we will enter into Krishna's uh, eternal transcendental reality and, and, um, and associates, and will enter into the the world. Uh, these associates, <clears throat> they are not just uh, associates of Krishna. Each each one of them is like himself an ocean of transcendental love. Each one of these devotees is just an ocean of transcendental bliss. And each one of these devotees is just uh, overbrimming, uh, overbrimming. His heart is just, in his heart, this ocean of love, and the waves are there, and it's just like overflowing. And that is what we're seeing, overbrimming. It is just flowing out. Um, and so the Vaishnavas, the ecstasy is flowing out in all directions, because deep internally, they are actually relishing, relishing this, this, uh, the, the, the wonderful um, waves of the ocean of, of Krishna's unlimited mercy. Um, so in Sambanda, we are sort of, at least now, focusing. Vyavasyatmika buddhir. In Sambanda, we begin to make the focus. Yes, it's Krishna. And not all these other other things. So when the sambanda is not properly made, yes, then there is uh, incomplete understanding. So as you can see here in this second chapter of the uh, Bhajan Rahasya, uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur very systematically gets into um, <clears throat> into the. Uh, into uh, describing the impurities. And uh, <clears throat> as part of the, the book that we are working on, and that is coming out of uh, these lectures, um, I would uh, like to uh, put these things, uh, to lay this out in a table. <clears throat> Someone can do that for me. It's not necessary that I do that. But uh, in here, in, in, in these verses, starting chapter 2 from the Bhajan Rahasya, then goes uh, text 7, text 8, text 9, and, and so on. And like this, and just lay it out nicely 
in a table how we have these uh, four major categories and how they are each subdivided in subcategories and so on and in that way um, so that it becomes visually very easy to see and understand. Um, I am still not such so uh, such a high techie that I know how to uh, uh, feed such things into uh, this presentation. Would be great if I could just uh, click on a button and you would suddenly see a screen and and then uh, a PowerPoint starts scrolling on uh, on on the screen. I think that we would need. Uh, most likely need another platform. I don't think uh, that this platform can do such things. And it's okay, it's it's also not needed um, because um, we cannot just be consumers. If I do all the homework and if I uh, bring it all to you and you'll sit there and just look at it, then you are the consumer. But that's not what then you simply uh, we want you to do the work so we want you to look at the um, various uh, anartas at at chaitanya charitamrita madhya lila chapter 12 text 135 the purport from Sila Bhakti Siddhanta about the Gundicha Marjana. Then we want you to look at the uh, at this uh, Bhajan Rahasya from uh, Sila Bhakti Vinod Thakur, chapter 2, starting with text number 7. And then, which I didn't discuss now, and which I may discuss, uh, I may just carry on with this topic tomorrow because there's just too much to cover in uh, in one talk mm. um, I'm sort of halfway and two o'clock has come and uh, I don't have more time now so I think today is part one and then tomorrow we'll do part two on this topic and in this way um, we appreciate, uh, I once in conclusion, reiterate the point one more time, that in Sambanda, we are creating our focus, it's Krishna, it's devotional service to Krishna, and we are making that very strong, that in Abhideya, we begin to experience living in that way, and connecting everything we do, to Krishna, as a result, uh, everything becomes surcharged now with transcendental mercy. And therefore, in Abhideya, we become more and more blissful. Um, there is already bliss in Sambanda because uh, there is the relief, the relief of from all the material con con uh, confusion. Now, we, uh, we, are, we have a clear understanding about what is the goal of life. And we withdraw from putting our energy into so many bahusaka, so many unlimited other things. Stop wasting our time, 
getting into Krishna. And as we start to connect everything with Krishna, every step of the way, either directly or indirectly, we start to relish and get the, uh, the taste. Um, and gradually the heart begins to, to fill up with, with that uh, relishing the ocean of Krishna's, of the amazing qualities of Krishna's mercy and Krishna's nature. And we just uh, become more and more overwhelmed. And, and gradually we begin to look at the residents of Vrindavan and their amazing qualities. And we see each of them is just like, uh, just vibrant. It's just, just like uh, potent personalities. There is so much, so much power within uh, these spiritually deep personalities because it's just like that love is just overbrimming, overflowing. It is just manifesting in all ways. That is amazing. And that is our objective. And so, so we are cleansing the heart. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna.